All right, we'll, we'll abide by the house rules. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the word of God. I'll take the word. I'll hide it in my heart. I'll live it out in my life. I am a champion for God. Amen, amen. Turning your Bibles to 2 Peter and uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, this whole year at, at Word of Faith, we've been talking about spiritual growth, and uh, God wants us to grow. Amen? Amen. Uh, there's no such thing as neutral in life. You're either going forward or you're going backwards, and God wants us to grow. And so I've been sharing this for, for all year, basically, on how we can measure our growth. And over here in Second Peter, I'm going to read this out of the New Living uh, translation. I get there myself. New Living Translation. And brothers, I know that I sent you some scriptures, so if I go off the rail, I apologize. Uh, blame it on the Holy Spirit, not me, um, as I share. But Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1, we're talking about growing spiritually. It says, this letter from Simon Peter, are you there? A slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, I am writing to you who share the same precious faith with us, this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God, this is what I want to get to, may God give you more and more grace. You all are well taught on grace, God's unmerited favor, God giving you something that you can't earn or pay for. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God, as you grow in your knowledge of God, and Jesus our Lord. So more grace is given unto you that you can receive more grace based on your knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let me give you a little backdrop real quick on this. Any statement in the Bible just didn't happen. It, it was related to something else. And the reason why Peter is finally basically giving in to the grace, giving in to what we call, some people call grace message. It's not a message, it's Jesus Christ. Peter was born a Jew, he was raised a Jew, and when Jesus came on the scene, he didn't agree with everything that Jesus said. Peter had a lot of problems with Jesus, a lot of problems with Jesus. I did this probably about 15 years ago. I did this study of just Peter. I found him to be a, a fascinating personality in, in the Bible. And I just wanted to see what was the progression of learning that Peter had with Jesus. From the time Jesus met him, and you know, he used his boat to go out to fishing, and uh, <clears throat> they didn't catch anything. Jesus said, go back out, and they caught a drought, and he needed some help. But Peter was constantly questioning Jesus Christ. See, it's, it's okay to ask questions. But there's something wrong when you have questioning. One is for clarification. The other one is unbelief. Some questions are just for clarification, like Mary. When, they, when, when the uh, Holy Spirit come to her and say, Hail Mary, thou art highly favored among women, you're going to have a baby. So she had a question. How can this be? I ain't laid up with nobody. I ain't had sex with nobody. How, I'm going to get pregnant. That was just a question of clarification and understanding. And he said, the Holy Ghost. And she didn't question the Holy Ghost. She said, be it unto me according to your word. 
Well, Peter not only had questions for Jesus, but he questioned at times whether or not what he's saying was real. Let me just take you through, uh, through a few of these just to, to, to make my point, because when Peter is saying over here, remember now, Peter is now saying, go and grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he had to get to that place. Amen? One of the things, and, and we're not going to take the time to turn there, but uh, in first, uh, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 15, 10 through 20, uh, Jesus is teaching uh, you remember he said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. That was totally against the teaching that Peter understood. Because under, under Jewish law, they had dietary rules where basically they didn't eat anything. They didn't eat anything with a split hoof. They didn't eat pig, okay? They didn't eat catfish because they didn't eat anything that didn't have scales. They didn't eat lobster. They didn't, ha they didn't eat, uh, what else, shrimp. They didn't eat any foods like that. And Jesus comes along and he says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. It's the words that you use that defile you. And Peter was like, man, we don't know what you're talking about. Because all that, and, 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 and being honest with Peter and giving his due, all I ever learned all my life was what to eat, not what to speak. I learned what to eat. And it said that I shouldn't eat these things. Okay, go with me over that. Don't go there. I'm just going to tell you. This stuff is in the Bible, okay? When I, just check it out, amen? Y'all got me on a short leash today. Okay, in Acts chapter 10, that's the story of Cornelius and Peter. Remember, Peter, Peter had always said, you know, I, I only understand what people eat. I don't understand about. And Peter said, uh, I, I think that salvation is just for Jews. Peter didn't know that Jesus came to save the whole world. Even though Peter, well, let me go back to Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, who do you all say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. Well, they said, some say you are Elijah. Some say you are like Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Peter rose and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you. For thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. He said, Peter, you understand how I'm going to build my church by people recognizing that I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, and then I'm going to bring you into my church. In that same story, Jesus went on to say, look, guys, I got to go to Jerusalem he was explaining that he's got to go die for the world. He said, I got to go to Jerusalem, and they're going to do a whole lot of things to me. These Jews are going to kill me. And Peter said, it's not going to happen to you. I don't believe this. This is not going to happen to you. And Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. And Peter like, wait a minute. A few minutes ago, I said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and now you're going to call me Satan? What's up with this? What's up with this dude? Peter Christ, and he's going to call me Satan. Why? Because Peter didn't believe everything about Jesus Christ. And so is it a lot of us. We're still struggling with some of the things. To struggle to believe that, I, 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 what do I have to do? And he said, just believe. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? They said, just believe. What do I have to do? No, no, seriously, Pastor Al. Serious, Pastor Tracy. What should I do? Just believe. Come on, give me five steps. No, believe. <laughs> Remember, we used to teach all the steps. 
Just believe. So Peter was struggling. He was struggling with all of these things that Jesus was teaching. Uh, Another one that Jesus taught was unconditional forgiveness. According to Jewish law, under the law, under the teachings of Moses, if a person sinned, someone had to be punished. Either an animal or the person. They had to make sacrifices. Two t- uh, turtle doves, bulls, goats, and that was all dependent on how much money you had, what you could afford. But something had to be punished. If, if they didn't have a sacrifice, you were going to get punished. We, you know, we'll stone you to death. <laughs> we'll kick you out. But somebody's going to get punished for their sin. And so Jesus said, you're forgiven. You've forgiven, Matt. And Peter was looking at, wait a minute. Matt sinned, and Matt not going to be punished? And Jesus said, no. Matt don't have to make a sacrifice? No. Why don't Matt have to make a sacrifice? Because if I be lifted up on the cross, I'll draw all Matt's sins unto me. That's a good place to shout. <laughs> he said, I just put me up on the cross. I will draw every one of Matt's sins unto me. So Matt don't have to sacrifice and Matt don't have to do anything. Just believe. And Peter was like, mm, nothing going to happen to him. So he asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, come here, I got a question. A question of unbelief. If Pastor Tracy sinned against me seven times in one day, and I forgive him, what about the eighth time? (laughs) Can I get him? Please let me get him. Please let me. He said, no, Peter. Forgiveness is unconditional. The same unconditional forgiveness that you are to give Pastor Tracy is the same one I'm going to give you. Jesus was explaining this over in the book of Luke, and the disciples said, man, you're going to have to increase my faith. (laughs) We We can't do this. Finally, let me say share this one another about Peter over in the book of Acts chapter 10. Cornelius Cornelius is a, is, a, is a Gentile, he's not a Jew, and he's praying to God. He's heard about Jesus Christ, and he was just wondering, could I get in on this Jesus thing? Because it was basically, they thought, for the Jews. So God said, send men to Joppa. There you'll find a guy named Peter. <laughs> go, go find Peter. And Peter was up on the top, he had been fasting up on the, on the top of the house, and he got hungry, and he went into a trance. And... Uh, God told, showed him all sorts of animals of the world, all sorts of four-footed beasts. That was a metaphor for all the whole world. And he picked one out that Peter wasn't supposed to eat. Probably a pig. He probably picked a, a, a nice, big, fat pig, <laughs> some swine. And he said, Peter, slay and eat. And he said, no, God, unbelief. I am not to eat anything unclean. And God said, wait a minute, Peter. Don't you ever call anything unclean that I have cleansed. He's talking about you. Oh, you missed a good place to shout. (laughs) He said, don't you ever call anything unclean that I have cleansed. And they said, what do you want me to do? They said, Peter, you need to go back with us to Cornelius' house. 
So they go back over to Cornelius' house. And, and, and Peter, like, what do you want with me? Tell me about this Jesus. And Peter began to tell them about Jesus. And the Bible said that the Holy Spirit fell on them. And they began to speak in tongues and magnify God. And Peter said, it's true, God is no respecter of persons. The same Holy Ghost fell on them has fallen on us. You think Peter was convinced, but he wasn't. Go over to Galatians chapter 2. Let me, let me show you something. This is, the la this is one of the last things that Peter, there are, there are a whole lot of them. If, you, if I had time, I would just, of course, that would take a long time to explain to you. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, and I'm going to read this, and I know I didn't give this to you guys, and I apologize. I'm going to read this also out of the New Living Translation. Galatians chapter 2. You ever seen two, uh, two followers of Jesus Christ get in an argument? You getting ready to see one. You getting ready to see Peter and Paul get into it. Yeah, so y'all get some popcorn. This is going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Paul had had enough of Peter. Paul had had enough of Peter because when Peter would go among the Jews, he would act like he was a Jew. When he'd go among the Gentiles, he'd be over there eating pig. He'd be named from the rooter to the tutor. He just, he got ribs, everything. Peter just enjoying himself with the, with the Gentiles. But then when he come back over here with the Jews and he tell the Gentiles, no, you know we can't eat that stuff. And Paul had had enough of his hypocrisy. And so they getting ready to have an argument. Well, actually, Paul is going to do all the talking. And, and in Galatians chapter 2, uh, where do I want to go? Verse, let me see where I want to start because I don't want to read the whole thing, because y'all got a Bible. Y'all can read it at home, can't you? All right, let's, let's start at verse 11. Galatians chapter 2. You getting anything out of this? Yeah. All right, go to Galatians chapter 2. Look, 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 look at verse 11. But when Peter came to Antioch, I'm reading this out of New Living Translation, I had to, Paul is saying, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When Peter first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, here some Jews come, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necess necessity of circumcision. So these, like Peter, you can't eat with them till they get circumcised. Now when Peter was with them, he said, y'all had to be circumcised. And as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the other ones. The Bible said, King James said, I withstood him to his face. I got in his face. And I said, Peter, in front of all the others, since you, a Jew, by birth have discarded the, Jews, the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Why are you doing this to them? Why, why are you trying to say that we got, they can't eat pork and they can't do this and they can't do that? When a little while ago you said they could. You and I are Jews by birth. This is Paul talking to Peter. You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles, verse 16. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. Peter, you know that. 
You said he was the Christ, the son of the living God. Your faith in Jesus Christ is what brings you in. It is not the working of the law, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will be, ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Look at verse 17. Is it okay to read the Bible in church? Okay, good. I, I didn't, I, I, you know. Sometimes you have to ask it someplace. <laughs> you ain't going to keep reading the Bible. <laughs> My goodness. That's enough reading of the Bible. <laughs> Verse 17. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. What would that mean? Christ has led us into sin? No, absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law. I already tore down. Verse 19, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. It says, you're, you have adultery. You're fornicator. You're this, you're that, you're this. It brought condemnation. It brought shame. And Paul said, I couldn't keep the law because of all of, the, all of the guilt and shame that it brought on me. And then he goes on to say, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no, I love this one. This is Galatians 2.20. King James says, for I, Paul, Paul was like, man, let me tell you, I, I, let me end this conversation. Let me tell you where I stand. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And I, the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Peter, make your mind up. <laughs> who you with? <laughs> who you with? Are you with Jesus? Are you going to be with these Jews? <clears throat> oh, man, I, I got to get off Peter. Peter goes up to the, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And uh, they see Jesus in all of his glory. And Elijah and Moses are there. And Peter said, man, it's good that we be here. We're going to build a tabernacle for Moses. We're going to build one for Elijah. And we're going to build one for Jesus. Because all three of y'all on the same level. Then God spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. We ain't listening to Moses no more. We're not listening to Elijah anymore. Moses and Elijah was to bring you to Jesus. And once Jesus showed up, you shut up. It's Christ alone I place my trust. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It's Christ. It's Jesus and nothing. We keep bringing up Peter. Don't be bringing up James and John. He said, Jesus and Christ alone. While we grow in faith and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go over to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. See if I can get this in. You're getting blessed. Yeah. All right. 2 Peter chapter 3. And uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Here's where Peter finally waved the white flag and says, I'm going with Christ. From here on out, I am convinced. And this is my message today. You got to get convinced. You got to get convinced that it's grace. Amen. It's not grace and. It's grace. Jesus Christ is grace. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, 
verse 15, Peter is closing out the, uh, his letter to the, uh, to the church here, actually to the church at Asia. And uh, he said, Galatians 3.15, I'm reading this out in the New Living Translation. And he said, remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. Y'all know he'll give you time to be saved? You just don't know how much time you got. <laughs> this is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with, with the wisdom God gave him. He's saying, okay, Paul understands grace. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, Paul usually starts his letter with grace and peace be multiplied back to you. Some of his comments, watch this, watch, watch what Peter says. Some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite differently, just as they do with other parts of scriptures, as this result in their destruction. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, this is how I want to close this thing. Rather, you must grow in grace. Same thing he said at the top of the letter. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, says so I got 13 minutes. Let me tell you what you grow in real quick, real quick, real quick. Man, that clock faster than the one at my church. My goodness. <laughs> I, 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 I was starting to share this uh, uh, Wednesday uh, when we were at the home going of Joe. Hey, Peggy. Hey, Arnetta, that's my cousin. That's my cousin back there. Yeah, so y'all don't be, be whispering, I don't like this, because they, they, they'll get you. Amen. <laughs> here's, here's four things that God wants you to grow in. Number one is to, to, grow, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you must first start with love. God is love. God is love. And it's not how much you love God. You got to grow in understanding how much he loves you. Under the Old Testament, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and 37, the doctors of the law come to Jesus and they say, what is the greatest commandment in the Old Testament law? And they said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when Jesus told them that, he wasn't telling them they could do it. He was pointing out why they couldn't do it. And you hear people get up in church and they say, giving honor to God who's the head of my life. <laughs> to the pastor, assistant pastors, visitors, and friends. I love God with all my heart. No, you don't. <laughs> you can't love God with all your heart 24-7. I know you can't love God with all your heart if you're married. <laughs> oh, don't look at me like that. Yeah, you, you know you lose some, you, you, you have your moments where it ain't so lovely. I know you can't love God with all your heart if you got kids. Some of y'all know, oh, come on now, I, I love God even with my kids all the time. Yeah, when you go into the store, you don't, when they're asking for stuff. <laughs> you cannot love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You cannot do it. So God said, let me give you a break. Forget about how much you love God. Let me just show you how much I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Romans 5, Jesus, Paul said, while I was a yet sinner, Christ died for me. And I understand if he would die for a good man, 
I understand if he would die for a righteous man. But while I was yet sinner, Christ demonstrated his love toward me. Amen? Paul, he said he demonstrated his love toward me, and then he put his love inside of my heart. He said, forget about you trying to love me. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you. In other words, you've never had this one before. Stop trying to figure out how you should love. I'm going to give you a new standard for love. I want you to love people the way I have loved you. (laughs) I just want you to model me. Don't you try to get it out of your own strength. (laughs) Paul said over in Romans chapter 8, he said, no height, no depth nor things to come. He kept going through a whole lot of lists of problems that he had, and then he said, nothing can separate me from the love of God. We, mis- we misunderstood that. Some people take that to say, nothing can separate me from loving God. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, nothing can separate God from loving you. <laughs> you missed it. He said, ain't nothing can happen to you. That's what that sister was up here. She was just sharing. She said, ain't nothing can happen to you that can separate you from how much God loves you. (laughs) Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, he he said that you get rooted and grounded in love so that you know the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of God. Amen. He said when you get rooted and grounded in understanding how much God loves you. Amen. And then you will know. And he said when you know how much God loves you, then you can do Ephesians 3.20. Then you can do the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above, all that you can ask, think, or imagine according to you understanding how much God loves you. Ask and it shall be done unto you. When you know that he loves you, amen. <laughs> you talk about too big to fail. I'm too big to fail. He loves me. And that's what Paul was trying to say. And then Paul ended up over in Galatians. He said, did you, you know faith, your faith worketh by love? Your faith worketh according to how much you know God loves you. <laughs> My faith to be healed. <laughs> See, grace make it available, but faith takes it. Faith takes everything that grace makes available. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace... Are you saved through faith? In other words, faith is going to take the grace, the grace of salvation that God has provided for me. Colossians 2, 6 says, as you received him, so walk ye in him. How did I receive him? By taking, by taking his grace with my faith, <laughs> taking my faith to grab his grace. Amen. And he said, now live that way. Every day. Curry, you got something. Hey, people got me sweating. Now, you know, you just if I could walk around, I wouldn't be sweating. <laughs> I tell him I'm too cool to sweat. No, shoot. Okay, okay. Okay, you stand a little more. Okay. The second thing that if you're going to flow in God's grace it, 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 is that you got to know his word. And you're in the right place at the right time with the right folks to know God's word. You got to know God's word. And you got to be recognized when it's not God's word. You know, you're just even talking about love. They, they, they had this song out. I'll show up this ain't your favorite song. Because I give people grace with songs. Because, you know, I don't bash people with songs. But I, I, I just can't receive every song. And, and, and talking about love. 
And there used to be, there's a song out a few months ago. This, this girl said, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Oh, y'all got that touching. Oh, man. I didn't mess up. She said, I love God. Full of condemnation. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? It ain't about how much you love God. God God is not sitting around calculating how much you love him. He wants you to know, do you know how much he loves you? Because if you know how much he loves you, you can take that love and share it with your wife. You can share it with your children. You can get along with folks with that love. Amen? One of the greatest things that you'll learn from God's word is how to get along with people. That is the greatest lesson. This book is all about relationships. From Adam and Eve to God all the way, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about relationships. Relationships come from the root word relate, which means to connect. You're either going to know how to connect with people or you're going to be disconnected from people. God brought you here to be good at connecting. And the key to connecting people is to love people. John 15, 13, there's no greater love than this, than a man lay down. You've got to remove selfishness and self-centered. And that's what this word is all about. It's teaching you how to love the way Jesus loved. But you got to stay in this love. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you abide in me, you'll bring forth much fruit. That first fruit is love. And out of that love comes joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. All of that comes out of love. Love is the curtain rod that all of those things hang on. And when the curtain rod falls down, what happens? Everything on the curtain rod falls with it. Amen? That's what's holding your marriage. That's what should be holding your marriage up. That's what be holding up your children and everything. The curtain rod of love. But once that falls, everything falls. So it's the word of God. I got five minutes. I got five minutes. That's, that's 300 seconds. That's 300 seconds. <laughs> the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. By your word, you'll be justified. By your word, you'll be condemned. It's not what goes into your it's not what goes in that defiles you, it's what comes out your mouth. Yes. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Okay, the, 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 the next one is power. You gotta know that you have power. God's grace gives you power. Power is the ability to change and rearrange things. One of the greatest powers that God gives us is the power to say no. I'm learning about that. The more I grow in grace, the, no, the more I can say no to ungodly things. I say the more I can say no to ungodly things. It's to realize that I have this power to say no. And so now I get up every day and, I, you know, I have a long list of no's I need to say no to. I don't know about you, but I'd be dealing with stuff. And I say, no, I'm not going to get bad. No, I'm not going to get upset. No, I'm not going to watch that. No, I'm not going to listen to that. No, I'm not going to be a part of that. And I have some good days. No, I'm not going to. I know Carol said that, but no, I'm not going to respond. Carol said, like, what day don't you respond? No, I'm not. She just don't know. Lots of I just. No. No. 
because I have the power to rearrange things in my life. No to the credit card. Now I'm dealing with overeating. Like, no. No, you got the power not to overeat. You got the power not to overeat. Like me and Tracy, we switched places. 25 years ago, Tracy was big and I was small. Now Tracy's small and I'm big. Watch. <laughs> y'all should have seen Pastor Tracy 25 years ago. Yeah, how many of y'all remember him? Y'all, y'all, you should, wasn't he, wasn't he, wasn't he? <laughs> He's like, hey, big fella. He <laughs> be. Uh, we we, we he'd sing up there back then. He'd be on praise team then. He'd be throwing it down. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I can say no. You have the ability to say no. The last one, and, and, and I will cl- is that you have authority. You have his. You you have his love. You have his word. You have his. You have his power, and you have his authority. Authority defined means that you get to make the final decision. If you can't make the final decision, you're not the one in authority. God has given you authority over your life. In Luke 10, 19, you all know that scripture. Behold, Jesus said, I give unto you power to walk upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Ephesians says, don't give him any place. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have the power. And the last thing that I want to tell you is that you can rest now. Rest. Come and you me all that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's not rest from work, but it's rest in and work. How, how can I rest? Because I put God in charge of the results. God's in charge of the results. <laughs> Paul, in Hebrews chapter 4, he said, labor to enter into his rest. Mama, rest with your children. Rest with your husband. Rest with your wife. Rest with the job. Rest with the bills. Put God in charge. God, you're in charge of the results. I'm going to rest. Because if you're not resting, you're working. And if you're working, God ain't. God is resting. God don't need to rest. He said, "I never slumber nor sleep, but but just rest." I've already like this is a song. I one song I like. While you trying to work it out, he didn't figure it out. <laughs> I like that kind of stuff. Amen. He didn't figure it out, but you sitting up there trying to work out. Rest. I've learned to rest about my church about my marriage, about my children. Man, I, it, it almost seemed like I don't care. Because guess what? What you just say, Pastor? I don't care. <laughs> don't care about how many likes I get, don't get. Don't care. I, I, I ain't on hate or watch. <laughs> you haters, you haters, you haters. I don't care about no haters. I'm resting. I ain't got time to be addressing haters when I'm resting. Let them bother my rest. And I'm out of time. You get blessed. (laughs)